Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Sounds Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched The Babysitter. The Babysitter is a 2017 teen comedy horror film directed by Mick G and written by Brian Duffeld. It follows 12-year-old Cole who, when he stays up past his bedtime, discovers that his hot babysitter is part of a satanic cult that will stop at nothing to keep him quiet. Bloody fun. Good fun. Tommy, you gave this movie five stars? Yes, I did. I tell you what, McG, he's a visionary. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Thomas who? I think I gave this three and a half. Yeah, look, three and a half is probably more honest, but it was very fun. And I do like that it had its own tone. My um my wife Holly uh, said it was similar to like Idle Hands. If you guys remember that film, I haven't seen it. No, oh, you haven't seen Idle Hands. Is it a horror? It's that comedy horror over the top gore. The premise is that someone's hand gets taken over by the devil. Oh, and murders goes on a murdering spree and blah blah blah. Right, right, good amazing, fun. good fun, good dumb fun. In that kind of Evil Dead, the the gore is the point, and it's also a bit slapsticky. It's not just yeah. violence. That's what we love. Right. And it's got some hot teens to, to keep it interesting as well. <laughs> I'm currently in this weird universe where having recently watched um, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift as well, where I was thinking about this in reference to that. So Tokyo Drift has people in it that are supposed to be high schoolers. And there is a scene very early on in Tokyo Drift where there is just a, a blatant upskirt shot of a of a of a girl who's like a like supposed to be like oh this girl's hot you want to you want to have sex with this girl mm. and it's like I, I know she's an adult as an actor mm. but as her character she's like 15 16 Ooh, and no as good. as a person watching this movie i'm supposed to be aroused by a teenager and then i thought about this movie the babysitter but then i was like no i think they're out of school but then i was like no they're not out of school 
And then I circled back and went, no, no, it's dealing with um, when you're a younger kid and you have that infatuation or crush on someone older than you. Yeah. So I, I've, 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 I'm, I've, I'm accepted it. It's fine. It's still a five. Well done. You've processed it. It's very much through his point of view. What's the kid's yeah. name again? Cole. Cole, yeah. Fuck, there's some, there's some absolute banger little jokes in it too. The whole thing about how his parents aren't home so they can go fuck in a hotel. <laughs> and there's, there's a cutaway scene where they're in a bedroom... He's looking for a knife that he thinks he's put somewhere else. Mm. And then he goes there and it's not there and it cuts back and it cuts to the hotel where the parents are. The wife is just giving the dad a wristy and he's like, oh, can you stop putting the knives in their dishwasher? <laughs> it's just like, oh, this movie knows what the fuck it is. Well done. <laughs> yeah. I do love that. Is that is that wonderful setup? If a if a gun is showed in the first act, it needs to be shot by the third act. So we see that knife go in the dishwasher going, all right, clocked that. I know what's going to happen. He's going to need a knife at some point. He's going to go to the dishwasher. Boom, there it is. <laughs> and it does a wonderful reversal. Like, you should feel kind of almost ripped off at that moment, but you don't because of the kind of movie it is. When he goes to the dishwasher and it's not there, and then cut to handy yeah, scene, which it's, is really uh, wonderfully done. They, they do some great stuff like that. Like, even with him pretending to be asleep and then sneaking out, and she's just in the room watching him being mm. like, I know you're fucking awake, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one thing I like, because... All, all the um, teenagers are sort of meant to be that the teenage horror trope of these, the cheerleader, the jock, the alternative girl, that sort of thing. Uh, so I, I like that straight off the bat. But I genuinely love that the jock is just a genuine psychopath. Oh, yeah. That, that throwaway line of his where it's like, why are you doing this? It's like, oh, I'm just like killing people. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm not here for the Satan shit. I'm just here to see people die. That's... um. Thing over from uh, from Arrow. That's his brother. That actor. I think it's Robbie Robbie Amel is his name. I think. Right. Yeah. Oh, they're brothers. That's unreal. Okay. He looks pretty similar Jeez. to him. What happened in that family? I'm pretty sure he's in Flash. He's in the Flash. Who does he play? Firestorm, I think, or something. Yeah, like that. he's someone's like. Is that a is that a guy? He's like someone's husband who gets like killed early on and then comes back. Oh uh, yeah, I know the one. You're yeah. It's the, I, I've, the, I, the doctor's yeah husband. Yeah, the, the the I only watched like six episodes of Flash. I watched Sorry, two Flash. seasons on a flight back from America. <laughs> two seasons because it's the perfect it's the perfect show for it. It's just dumb and shit. It's perfect. Yeah. That's like you watched like forty plus episodes, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I watched a lot of the first two seasons of the Flash. Mm. Well done, you. Yeah, but yeah, this movie did have really good supporting characters. Like the parents were very funny. I thought uh, the single dad of the of the of his like. Crush friend. Oh yeah, douchebag oh. dad. Yeah, great call. So good, so good. Yeah, <laughs> and I really like because I thought as soon as we see him and he's such a massive tall douchebag idiot, I'm like, great, he's going to die at some point, and I'm going to have a lot of fun watching him die, which he doesn't. But his car gets totaled, so it's kind yeah. of like much. Cop much that, this. dickhead. <laughs> oh, there's some incredible deaths in this. The the death of the um the creepy ghost chick who gets blown up under the house. Oh yeah, like. That was oh. very good. That whole that whole scene was quite good because once he got under there, as a coward, I thought, "Good call, well done, Cole." Go into the call spot. There's lots of spot. There's ridiculous amount of terrifying triantulas. For some reason, this house is infested with triantulas. It makes zero sense. It's a, anyway, it's a bloody hot zone. <laughs> it's a hot zone <laughs> for tarantulas. That's a nightmare. Big tarantula city. Yeah, the Amazon and there. <laughs> but straight away, he goes in, he pulls the blanket over himself, he even rearranges it so it looks like the other things nearby. And the coward in me is like, bravo, round of applause, you've played it perfectly. He did a great job, I thought. 
looked good. It looked very good. And there was I think the only issue was <laughs> the ridiculous amount of spiders where sure enough, one's finally going to crawl on him and he's going to reveal himself. But then I really liked that, yes, that played out and the girl found him, but he snuck past her, locked her in. I did not see that coming. And then she just exploded, which was great. <laughs> oh, it, it had some just... It was, again, it's that level of, like, ridiculous... Again, it's a, it's a horror movie that knows that its, its premise is absurd. So it just... It just leans all the fucking way into it. And yeah. I also like the fact that it's ta- heightening the stakes of it to another level by making the character 10 or 11 or 12 or however he is. So he's young. So mm. he doesn't have the normal, I can use a gun, I can call the cops, I can do this. The, the resources he has are, are gone. Mm. That's a great call, Tom, because he's so powerless. Like often in these horror films, Basically, because the person getting hunted is human and not a supernatural being or a psychopath or what have you, that's kind of their weakness. But he has that, plus the fact that he's 12 or whatever. Like, that, that is really having to climb above your belt to actually pull this one off. Yeah. And I also want to talk about how good an actor that kid was. I thought he nailed that role. Has he done anything else since? Thomas, you're the uh, IMDB PD. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just uh, fire it up. <laughs> Fire it up, uh, fire that, and check it out. Uh, all right, babysitter. And while you're there, Tom, I have a follow-up to that. W- yeah. What other films have these guys made, the directors? Of mm. The Babysitter? Yeah. All right, I'll have a look. Well, McGee... See, this was their first film. No, Far it's, out. It's not McGee's first film. Oh, it's MCG, isn't it? Yeah. MCG, that's pronounced McG, uh. Sean. It's a little C. The MCG's where I work, buddy. That's funny. I've always thought of him as MCG. <laughs> That's great. I forgot that he was. I forgot that he was the director. Bloody hell! Okay, so he's. This in, is a weird one from him. Then he's in the Babysitter's kind of his first big thing. He plays the little kid in that Christmas movie that came out where um, Kurt Russell plays Santa. Oh, that was oh, classic. Yeah. Um, Loved it. And then he's been in like a couple of like horror films. He's in a movie called Demolition with Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Actually, I say sorry. I say I um I say I loved that Santa movie. I distinctly remember watching it at the Sans Pants Christmas party and <laughs> it was on mute. <laughs> so we were just watching it. I don't even know if we had subtitles on. We were just like sort of figuring out what the hell was going on. But Kurt was having a good time. Just loving Kurt Russell. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um so just looking at the guy who wrote it, he also wrote the movie Underwater, which is that movie that came out this year with Kristen Stewart. Uh Jane got a gun. Oh, oh yeah. Um, Underwater's a horror, yeah? Horror-ish, yeah. Yeah. Um, And, of course, McGee is the famous writer-director. Writer-director, director-producer of Charlie's Angels 1 and 2, Terminator Salvation, and uh, the producer of We Are Marshall. Oh, good work, MTG. Huge. (laughs) It's killing me that you keep calling him that. Fuck. (laughs) You deserve to be killed. I've come this far. Mate, I'm bloody 30 years old. I've been calling him MCG for probably 15 years. <laughs> it's not going to change now. <laughs> uh, um, it also brings back a Skeety Boy's favourite in Samara Weaving, this time playing the villain. Which she does very well. Again, <laughs> again because she's so likeable. Yeah. Mm. So that when she makes that pitch to him later in the film and she's like, hey, mate, join me and let's go kill some people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, do it. Yeah, you would. You're susceptible to that, Thomas. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> That's like your dream come true. All right, sorry. Yeah. If, if Samara Weaving was like, Tom, do you want to go on a murder spree with me? I'm not saying no. 
I love that you finally got the perfect excuse to be a betraying piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she does very well. I I loved that in the like one of the first scenes we see of her, she calls a bully the guy who's bullying Cole a pap smear, and I thought, okay, well I'm on board now because I clearly love her. Love a creative insult. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't she kick him in the dick? She teaches him how to she teaches him how to kick him in the balls, That's right. basically, which he then later uses. On the jock or however it works out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she was great. And then even that scene uh, where he's watching from the staircase so early on and they're going around, they're all having, they're basically playing like spin the bottle. And there's the one nerdy kid that you're like, oh, fuck, you're clearly a sacrifice. Look how nerdy and out of place you are. <laughs> what are you doing here? But she's being so lovely and sweet and understanding to him. And he's like, He's even nervous about the kissing, even though he's watched everyone else kiss her and it's been fine, but he he's so out of his element and he clearly has a thing for her and she's so lovely and sweet, right up until the point where she shoves two daggers deep into his skull. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a good kill. It's a very good kill. Yeah, I agree. Kevin. Tom, can I ask, you were the first one out of us to watch this. Did you know what it was going into it? Well, yeah, because the blurb kind of spoils it. Imagine... Starting this movie and not knowing, like, that would be a really good shock. Yeah. It feels like that was meant to be a reveal of her evilness in that moment. Yeah. 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 I, I think I read it. I read a, I read a bio on the description on IMDb, which says a satanic cult. But on Netflix, I'm pretty sure the bio that comes up when you open it just says, and things take a weird turn or a dark turn or a different turn uh, so that you don't know what's going to yeah. happen. But, um, cheeky. Yeah, it's look that that's head stab is very very good. Yeah, mm. and like you said, Carney, it is quite graphic because there's even the point where she readjusts the knives to kind of get them in a little bit deeper, and it's just yeah. brutal. It's just the worst thing imaginable. I have found that that's what you need to do though in that situation. <laughs> oh, that's from your experience. Yeah, yeah. It's like putting IKEA <laughs> together. You've just got to find the right angle. <laughs> right. So all all those. All those times you seduced gullible nerds and stabbed them in the heads, that's what you had to do. Sean, it's exactly <laughs> yeah, like definitely. it's exactly like IKEA, because you've always got a knife left over that you don't know where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just jump straight into the quantities of blood that show up in this movie. It it does that Kill Bill style, just ridiculous gushing. Like there's one point where they're trying to drain the blood from from Nerdy Boy's head. One side's doing great. The other side aren't getting any blood until it finally just cascades out at them in this waterfall. <laughs> That's right. And that guy gets covered in it. And then the cheerleader's got one spot on a uniform. <laughs> yes. Like, I have to, oh, this is disgusting. And he's like, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> so the cheerleader played by uh, Bella Thorne, I think it was. She did very well. She yeah. had me cracking up quite a few times, yeah. to be honest. What, what I love is that... The the thing that the thing that makes this film work really well too, just particularly from uh, like the the dynamic between them, but also the fact that Samara Weaving's character is just not part of them really. Like even mm. towards the end, when the cheerleader gets up to kill the kid, and she actually stops that from happening. She's like, no, no, that's not. I was going, and she even there's that point about halfway through where they think he hasn't seen the murder yet. Because he thinks they're having an orgy. Mm. He lies yes. about thinking it being an, being an orgy and that that's what happens yeah. in an orgy. So he hasn't seen the kill until the cops arrive. Yes. Like, she, like she's willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like you can actually see that even though she is, again, 
She's a very reasonable villain. She's a bit Thanos, you know? I get it. Mm, I get it. Mm. <laughs> but do you think that's just an act, though, isn't it? Her being reasonable. Because in her mind, she's she's drugged him already. So she's like, it's fine. He can go back to bed and then I'll deal with him later. Well, no, because they don't need his... They, don't need, they just need a drop of his blood. They don't need his whole body. And she's prepared, like, at the start to let him go back to bed because they're like, you know what? He's not a threat. Uh, of course, I'm not going to yeah. kill him. And yep. then mm. later on, it, like, she doesn't want cheerleader to kill him she kind of wants to do it but then even towards the end she's like let's work together i actually you're actually a really cool kid come on you know we could be a really great team and it's it's not like a it's you know it doesn't feel like a normal fake uh we're not so different you and i like (laughs) yeah it just feels i i agree i felt like there was a genuine friendship there which was also great because it made it so much more of a betrayal which even calls her out on at one point it's so much more of a betrayal for his character to be like you were like a genuine friend. You, were, I actually thought you were cool and you liked me and now this, all this craziness. But yeah, they do really well to make what is an absurd villain, like saying, oh, the babysitter's a demonic, you know, goddess sort of a thing. And yet make her weirdly relatable. Like you said, like the mm. Thanos character, be like, I get where you're coming from. And, and, even, and even when he's like, calls her out on the betrayal thing, she does feel bad about it. Like, she doesn't immediately go, like, it's not like, you lied to me. She's like, yeah, you're a dumb little kid and I hate you. She's like, yeah, I'm really right. sorry. You know, we, we got on really well and I'm real sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really beautiful. Know, and they even good. did well to show that friendship early on when she's babysitting him and and they're doing that. There's the fun part where they're like, they've got the projector on the back of the barn or whatever and they're playing both the characters in this movie that they're watching. Are these really genuinely sweet, really nice moments and like, I even kind of like that. Obviously, it's clear that he's sort of crushing on her a bit. She kind of even knows he's crushing on her because what 12-year-old wouldn't be crushing on her, you know? But even still, like, that's never addressed. Thank you, Damo. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. But that's never addressed or it's never made weird or anything like that. She just sort of puts it aside because they genuinely get along. I think that's what elevates it to sort of an above-average movie in that genre is the fact that it's a genuine friendship it's a genuine relationship and that's kind of like the heart of the movie if you didn't have that in the movie it would just kind of be like oh there was some cool deaths some cool like you know creative right. deaths but nothing else really going on but there was there's a little bit more to chew on that's good yes yeah because she could so easily just turn into that maniacal ha 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 fooled you dickhead sort of a villain <laughs> that is no fun after the first five seconds but yeah, by having that bit of heart and having a genuine betrayal and having her genuinely at least somewhat remorseful while still wanting to commit these heinous acts really <laughs> worked very well. I, I think the other thing too that's kind of nice that they do across the board with that is with the, the, the arrow guy, the jock guy, the whole thing where he helps yeah. him stand up to the bully. Like he's giving him tips. And he's like, don't let him fucking do that. That's yes. bullshit, man. Like, you know, is he egging your house? You go out there and you tell him to stop egging your house. Like, <laughs> this kid's going to die, but you don't want it's, it's so bizarre, but it works so, like, it, it's somehow, like, I don't even know how they pulled that off in a sense. Because even once he stood up to him and he's failed miserably, where first he tries to punch him and gets nowhere, and then... He tries to tell the kid about the situation. The kid doesn't believe him, literally puts egg on his face. And then the the jock comes up and he's like, no, you did really well. You know, obviously you need to improve, but you stood up to him. That's the start. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> and why am I feeling things? And then he's like, all right, I'll give you a five second head start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <sighs> really good. All right, let's jump straight into if he acted uh, foolishly or wisely, because I'm going to argue wisely straight off the bat, particularly when... So when he called the cops early, which I like, I even though it put him in the shit in this film, which was unfortunate. <laughs> but I like that he called the cops early because it infuriates me when people find out the situation and if you've got a phone, well, fucking ring it. Like, So I like that he did that. And then I also like that once he got put in the shit and she tricked him because she stayed in the room when he thought he was going to go outside, which was also very good. He literally, they set up that he had uh, a fear of needles and then gave him the biggest fucking needle that he had to sit through <laughs> While pretending to be asleep. Mwah, wonderful. But then even once they have him tied up and he pretends it's all an orgy, like you mentioned before, Tom. Yeah. Wise. So good. Like, lean into the, I'm a dumb 12-year-old who doesn't know things. Yeah. <laughs> you do get the the great shot too. Like, And I guess that's the thing is that he plays to his strengths. Like, an adult character couldn't do that. But because he's a kid, he can use the strengths that he's got with him. So, you know what? Damo, I'm on board. I think he actually works quite cleverly. Mm. He uses everything around him. And again, like a good hero, he overcomes all of his fears to yes. get to the end. You know, he, he goes through his punishment. Yeah. They're not as violent because he's 12. <laughs> right. But he goes through his punishments of all of his greatest fears, heights, needles, spiders, small spaces, bullies. He conquers them all and then drives the car like a fucking champion. How good is the foreshadowing? Oh. Like the foreshadowing in the movie, like... They set up like five or six different things for him and they just go through and tick them all off in a really tight runtime as well. It's great. You won't get any argument from me. I, th- I think he acts pretty wisely. I can't think of really mm. any decision he made where I'm like, oh, you fuckwit. And that's pretty rare. Yeah. Even going for the move. knife, he thinks it's going to be there. He doesn't know that his hand job given mum mm. has moved it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. And I like uh, the, the basically the only reason he, he fails for so long is because she's so good. So even though he's quite smart, she's that little bit smarter. And I think it's it really is shown in that scene where they they ask him what's the cop call out number to to basically say everything's fine, and he delivers the number. Very smart to go. Oh, I'm scared. Yeah, here is what it is. While obviously giving a false yeah to I think it's 
Officer Down is the number he actually gives. But then she's too smart because then she's like, hold on, no, that's not the right number and basically forces him to give the real one. So it's, that really sums it up where he is acting wisely, but she's just that little bit smarter at every turn and so keeps getting that one up on him until he faces all his fears, drives the car to We Are The Champions through the house. <laughs> Hits her with a car. Is that, Tom, is that when you knew it was a five or was it earlier? Um, no, I, it was it was hovering on a five throughout the middle part, but the bit that actually cemented it was a five was the whole scene where the jock is coaching him on how to stand up to his bully. I was like, fuck, this <laughs> yeah, movie's yeah, a five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. To take that turn is so brave and unexpected. It's wonderful. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so now I've got to ask the question, how would we do in this scenario? So we're 12. 12-year-old <sighs> 12 us. We're having a sleepover. Yeah. We've got our collective babysitter there, uh, and she's brought her demonic cult in. <laughs> I think we'd be... I reckon we could do it. I reckon we could do what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have a fear of needles, so we'd be right there. Same. But I fucking hate spiders. Yeah. So do I. And okay. tight spaces. I'm not going under the house. No. Nah. Probably will to survive, but I'll hate it and I'll probably kill myself. Or I don't even know if I could. I'm I'm about to, I'm like sh- fucking want to put my feet up off the ground just thinking about being in that fucking crawl space. Yeah, my skin's crawling. My feet are now like resting on another chair so they don't have to touch the ground just in case. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well the house I grew up on actually had a crawl space like that. Um, oh. that we, I've got another, <laughs> I've weirdly got another family story for you. Now nah, these are good. These are right. <laughs> okay. So this one was just me, my brother, Jono and our cousin, Dom, who's our age. He's basically like a third brother. And again, we're playing hide and seek, <laughs> but in the daylight this time. And, uh, I think Dom was chasing John and I, and we went under the house into this crawl space, which is definitely full of spiders, but we didn't think to us about it. We knew it was a great spot. It was literally like the front of our veranda leads into it. And you can even, there's like this trellis you can pull out of the way. You can put back behind you. No one knows you're there. Fuck no. The spiders do. The spiders do, but not just the spiders, the snakes. Oh no, that's even worse. As we're under there, mum, mum, was, <laughs> mum was above us reading a book. <laughs> and no. Jono and I start having a discussion while hiding about the snake that's oh. about a foot away from us. Mum hears it, comes running down, and is like, are you serious? Is there really a snake down there? like, yeah, yeah, look, it's just here. She's like, get out of there. (laughs) And then she goes in to have a look at it. We actually had a poster on our wall of all the snakes of Australia and how poisonous they all are. It's a brown snake. It's a properly poisonous Australian snake. (laughs) Why were you so calm? I have no idea. Ignorance, I think. Oh, my God. How old are you? Just quickly. Oh, that's a good question. Look, I'm going to say maybe around 10, but that is a guess. Can I? You're perfect. You would survive this film. You would survive this film. But only through ignorance. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. doesn't matter how. You would survive because your dumb child bravery would kick in. Mate, when I was, I was probably a similar age and I was in like Cub Scouts and mm. we were out in the bush somewhere on some camp and there was three of us and we're walking through and then um, I've stopped because there's this like green, huge green snake just in front of us. Oh, yeah. And I do the thing of like, all right, nobody move and we'll be... And then one of the kids just lets out like a banshee scream and fucking jumps over it and legs it. And then we all just ran. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> ran a long way. I can't remember how long we ran for, but, you know, you run a Look, long way, so it can't get you. It probably never moved. It also probably ran in the opposite direction. 
<laughs> no, but well, we I followed him because I don't know why. Instead of running backwards, he freaked out, shit himself, and jumped over it, and then just ran. And so we all did the same. Oh my god, that kid is definitely. If he was in this scenario, he would die. Whoever he is, wherever he is right now, yep, he would well and truly be dead. He is. Yeah. Wow, he puts our cowardice to shame. That's unreal. I think I would, I would be good at the lying. Mm-hmm. I reckon I'd actually get away with giving them the fake cop number because I. I'm a pretty good liar. <laughs> As a kid, I was a very good liar. Like, I got away with heaps of yeah. shit because I was a liar. <laughs> um, that my, so my, the, the difference between my brother and I is he was always too honest. So he'd come home from school. He'd have he'd detention. Hmm. And he'd be like, Mum, I got detention. And she'd be like, when you're in trouble, no video games. And he'd be angry. And he's like, you never get in trouble for the stuff that you do. I'm like, yeah, don't fucking tell Mum about it. <laughs> I, was in, I was at one point, I was in detention every single week for this one class. My mum never knew until parent-teacher interviews, like three months into the year. That is phenomenal. Oh, Tommy boy, well done. So I reckon I could, I could lie into convincing the orgy. I could give him the fake cop number, and then I just need to buy time. <laughs> that's so. That's my strategy. I'm I'm surviving through deceit. Damo's def- just surviving through ignorant bravery. How are you getting through this, Sean? Tom, I'm going to help you buy time. I'm going to light a fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do what I do best. Even I love that even little twelve year old Carney was like, "Fuck it, I'm lighting a fire." Twelve year old Sean's a pyromaniac. I yeah, I can't believe I didn't light that snake on fire. <laughs> Is your philosophy in horror and in the, if you're ever in a horror scenario, if it burns, we can kill it? Oh, absolutely, Tom. I was just thinking that. That's my motto in life. Now, like, um, so. When I was younger, when I was that age of this character, we were driving like cars around on the farm that we lived on. Mm. So I would probably try and utilize the car a bit earlier. I'd be, Tom, you'd be buying us time with your lies and Damo and I would probably like be plotting how we can get out the window and get that car. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, I don't think I'd drive through the house. I would just drive away, try and find my parents. I'm still in the house though. Walk into their fucking shenanigans in the hotel. <laughs> 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 what would traumatise you more, Sean? Seeing someone murdered in front of you with two knives in their head or seeing your dad give your mum giving your dad a handjob? <laughs> That's the real horror. <laughs> <laughs> then it's Thelma and Louise. I drive the car off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, lighting a fire, Carney, obviously lighting the book on fire, her demonic Satan book, whatever, mm. that kind of did the trick. So... I don't know. Like, you're lighting. I want to. I want to like poo-poo your idea of lighting everything on fire. Yet it seems to work every time. So I'm actually having real trouble. I think it would definitely it. work in this situation too, because you light a fire and then smoke starts coming out of the house, and then all the neighbors are like, "Oh, what's going on over here?" Oh, that is good too. Yeah. So that you bypass the trying to get the police to come to the house and you just get the fire department. Great. And try not to die. In the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> so if we can sneak out, use deceit, run away and leave a fire in our wake, we've got this right. to a T. If our parents are good parents, then there are three fire blankets <laughs> in the house and we just wear them like cloaks. <laughs> I know for a fact we do not have any fire blankets in my house growing up as a kid. So I, Tom, I've got no, I can tell burns. you as well. I can tell you that um, we didn't as well and I learnt that from having a house fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did you get him after that? Yeah, mum thought it was a real funny joke to give me a fire blanket for Christmas that next year. She was like, 
Just like after we did presents, she goes, oh, Sean, I've just got one more and has like a little cheeky grin on her face. And I'm like, what is this shit? And it's a fire blanket. And I like did a <laughs> How mock. How good is it when your mum dunks on you? Yeah, I did like a mock. Like I got mock angry. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, good one. And I like mock threw it down. And then I only found out later that my dad <laughs> and my brother went to like another family thing that day and told everyone in the whole family that I cracked the shits about it. <laughs> and so for years, people... Like, bring that up. They're like, oh, you cracked shits about that fire blanket. I'm like, no, fuck. <laughs> now I am. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. If you scary listeners have any comments about this episode or want to say hi or tell us about your own horrific, cowardly stories, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or find us on Twitter. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. And I'm at Awkward Trade. Stay scared, everyone. <laughs>